The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Big sales! First day of training camp. For some of you, that's a good thing. I posted a couple pictures of me on my Twitter page, my first day in camp, in an NFL camp. My aunt was there. And on my Twitter page, three days with Ray Perkins at Pepin Root Stadium in Tampa. Um, I'll tell you, I don't know how we did it when we were younger. Maybe it's because we were younger. But um, 98 humidity, 98 temperature i'm so glad today's players don't have to go through that crap those things were torture i mean it was boot camp every year torture um some places made you do the 12 minute run you had to do a get this you want to hear the kind of shape that big sills was in i ran a mile and a half in 12 minutes that was our test in tampa our test in Dallas with Jimmy Johnson and at the University of Miami was 16 110s, and you had to make them in 17, 19 seconds with 19 second breaks. I mean, I think I made the 110s once. Believe it or not, I did it in Dallas, Jimmy's first year. Incredible. And I think the only reason I made it was because it was in Thousand Oaks and not in Florida. Dude, those training camps back in the day, I'm so happy for the players that today they don't have to go through the overtraining. It was overtraining back in the day. He overdid it. And it's great to see that the NFL has some common sense. My God almighty is they're breaking news everywhere. Mike Missinelli will join us, by the way, at 4.30 Eastern time. We're going to get to the topics here in a second. And we, we said we were going to do something yesterday. We're going to do this today. but So let me get this right about Saquon Barkley. Oh, by the way, did you hear the news? As expected. And remember I told you? The New York Giants, once they put the franchise tag on him, 
were trying to trade him. They had floated Saquon. How important again is Saquon Barkley to the New York Giants in their eyes? Don't ever come on this program and tell me that Barkley is important to the Giants. Because as soon as they put the tag on him, they were shopping him. That doesn't sound like somebody who is in the plans of the future of the New York Giants. And did you see those incentives for for him to be able to get 900 grand? You're telling me you did all this bullshit for 900 grand. Dude, this was a useless. Saquon Barkley got his ass kicked. Got their ass kicked. Their team. Ace, Big Sills. I know you're an Islander fan. Do you think the offsides call was legal? (laughs) Uh, Already? Take me off my game here, Ace. Can you believe it? The New York Giants don't look at Saquon Barkley as a value, as a valuable piece. By the way, those incentives, hey, Tone, do you see those incentives? He's never at one, one time in his career hit any one of those numbers. So we're under the belief he's usually when you put incentives in a guy's contract, you're trying to put incentives in there where a guy is going to hit incentives that he normally hits. These are career incentives for an extra 900 grand. For an extra 900 grand. And one more time, I'll say this to you. Dude, you should be bitching at your union rep. Not the NFL owners. This is your union failing you. The National Football League owners have devalued you. They basically looked at that CBA and went, we're not paying that number. And by the way, I happen to think that the franchise tag is fascist, communistic. It's anti-American. Can you imagine telling an NFL owner, hey, guess what? You have to sell your team for this number. Try doing that to Bob Kraft or Jerry Jones or Jeffrey Lurie. Hey, you can't sell. You prohibit the player from maximizing his potential. Don't you guys see that's where the gambling restrictions, you guys keep doing the dumbest thing on the planet when you talk about these players that are getting suspended. The NFL doesn't give a shit about integrity. They care about protecting their wallets. It's another revenue stream for the players to be able to use the league to make money. The owners don't like you using their badge. It's their business. They don't want you using their logo. That's what this comes down to. Saquon Barkley did all this for tip money. This is like, to an NFL owner, 900 grand, it's like tip money. Like paying a tip at a restaurant. This is a nothing burger to them. Holy cow, man. Yeah, JM, 
the optics is what the league is enforcing the players and gambling with. It's not the reality. They don't want them making money on another revenue stream that they haven't maximized yet. And they really haven't figured it out. This has got nothing to do with the integrity of the game. Integrity. Look at what they just did to Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley opens his heart to John Marin, tells him what it's it like to be a giant and how important it is for him to be a giant. You know what he does? He shakes his head and lies to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then they tag him and try to trade him. You tell, Don't ever tell anybody how you really feel unless you really know that guy. Okay? Unless you're in... The only way you can be honest with somebody is if you're helping someone build someone and you're in the beginning stages of it. You think John Meyer needs to hear from Saquon Barkley? How many times has he heard from giant guys in the past and how important it is for them to be giants like that? Dude, they use that shit against you every day. You're just a widget, dude. Whether Saquon Barkley's on the Giants or not, the Giants are going to make monster money. Whether they, It just shows you they don't give a shit about winning. They care about winning at the cash register. They treat NFL fans like wrestling fans because you consume it like a wrestling fan. You buy into all that bullshit. It's crazy. You buy into all of that. And so do the players. Because you know why? You got to play the game with passion. It's a shame. Great for the Eagles. Great for the Cowboys. Oh, they're going through their own thing with Zach Martin now. Don't ever trust those guys. They do not have the players' best interest. They have never, and nor will they ever, have the players' best interest. And then what they do is they make fans take a shit on players because players want money. Hey, by the way, Saquon Barkley, congratulations. You ended up getting $900,000. The guy in Boston got $7 billion. Mine's Will have been. And he's not even one of the top 20 players in the game. I told you this yesterday. The most popular sport is the worst paying sport. Do you ever think of that? Basketball players make the most. Then baseball then shit hockey guys make because it's guaranteed too. <laughs> the most popular sport is the most underpaid sport when it comes to the rest of the American, North American sports leagues. Did you ever think of that? Why? Because the owners don't give you guaranteed contracts. They hold you at bay. They can franchise tag you with these fascist franchise tags. It's so un-American. So you're telling Saquon Barkley, you can't maximize your ability to make money. Jesus, really? No matter how well you do, that's communism. You make this number. That's it. No more, no less. Now, it affects a few guys every year because the tag's not used all the time. But when they implemented this tag in 93, I said it. This is un-American. I've been saying it for decades. It's un-American. The salary cap in many ways is un-American. 
You can't pay a player what he's worth because why? Mike Brown doesn't want to pay him? Shit, when the calendar turns every year, Mike Brown's value of his team goes up the same way the Dallas Cowboys' value goes up. Now you've got set contracts for rookies. This is what you'll make. Here's an extension or not. Boy, what control they have over the players. And it was displayed with Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, and Saquon Barkley. By the way, Saquon Barkley will never hit any one of those incentives. You know why? He's never, and he's been banged up. He's got no shot of hitting those incentives. I think the most yards he's ever had were a little bit over 1,300 yards. They got this bad puppy at like 1,350. They'll never pay him. And my opinion, they'll trade him in the offseason. Or how about this? If the Giants are having a bad season, could you see? How about this one? When the trading deadline comes halfway through the season, could you see the New York Giants moving him if the Giants aren't in contention? I can. They tried moving him now. Holy cow. Watch this. Hey, man, it really means, I'm being Barkley, it really means a lot for me to be a New York Giant. It means an awful lot. I love the I love the Giants. John Mayer shaking his head. Walks out of the room, the franchise tag of the general manager is trying to trade him. 20 minutes after the meeting. Loyalty? What loyalty? What loyalty? That's why when you find a franchise like the Eagles, that's why when you find a franchise like the Eagles and they're somewhat upfront with you, and they are, that's why everybody's bitching. Do you notice? Gardner Johnson got more money. He's still bitching at Philly. No matter all these guys, all the, Miles Sanders didn't use me right. Dude, you got one of the greatest deals in the offseason for anybody, let alone a running back. Who gives a shit what your days were in Philly? You're making $21 million over three years now. It's because the Eagles have a great, they have a great culture, man. 900K, this was all over. By the way, I think the Giants handled this great. 100%. This ain't the National Football League's responsibility for you not getting your money you want. This is you and your agent and the union. That's their problem. This is a union problem. You don't have a strong human union to fight for your players. You think you're going to pull that bullshit in the NBA? Shit, you got one of the top 25 players. Watch this. Brown is probably what? The second best guy on that team? He's now the highest and richest guy in NBA history. You don't pull that shit on NBA guys. You do that in the NFL. You're going to make this. They tell you what you're going to make. In the NBA, the players tell you what they're going to make. There's the difference in the business relationship. The NBA showed you today who's boss. The players in the NBA dictate salary. Shit, you could, hey, just think about this in Philly, right, Tone? You got a washed up fat ass in James Harden. 
using the league and the Sixers for $32 million for a guy that's past his prime. That's clout. That's clout. Nobody around. Get this. And here's the shitty thing about it for the Sixers. If they can't make that move with the Clippers, well, well, I'll sign for $32 million in Philly. Great. Barb goes, no one watches the NBA. Well, they sure pay them. And the fans in the NFL go, that guy's greedy. Greedy? No, you got the wrong guys that are greedy. You got the wrong guys, the owners, man. They use you as propaganda to keep the players down. Trayvon Diggs just got a $97 million contract from the Cowboys for five years. Yeah, what's the signing bonus? Hey, Weapon, what's the signing bonus? That $97 million? Let me know what the bonus is. Then I'll tell you what the contract is. And I guarantee you he don't live up to that contract because you know why? They'll fire him. How many times do you see guys live up and, and, and fill contracts? How many times do you think you see NFL players get five-year deals and they actually fulfill those five-year deals? How many times do you see that? None? Two? Three? Cardin finishes his deal. I could give you numerous examples of that. Crazy. Okay? Hey, by the way, before we get going, got to send some love to Bronny James, man. Every father and every parent's nightmare is waking up or getting a phone call that says, hey, my kid had a heart attack. I guess he was working out with USC on Monday and he went into cardiac arrest. You see the idiots on Twitter and you see what they're saying and you see people in social media. Dude, this is being a dad and mom. Savannah and LeBron are mother and father. That's their kid. Sports, politics, BS has nothing to do with this. This is about being a dad and a mom and worrying about your son. Let's let's keep it in that realm. That's where it belongs. His dad's concerned about him. His mom is probably petrified. Man. People, some people are cruel in that aspect. Man, I'm not thinking about anything else other than LeBron James as a father and Savannah, his wife, as a mother. And I think everyone else should. I don't usually like to tell you what to think, but if you're not thinking anything other than that, there's something it ain't wrong with you. <laughs> this guy's a dad now. He's been a dad. And he's been a great dad. He's been a great role model for the NBA. He's been a great signature face for the league. I may not like him, but you have to respect him. Come on, man. People are just stupid. They are. Obviously. Today, the Eagles show up to training camp. Starts. 
And the quest to get back to the NFC Championship game has got to be front and center. First and foremost, you want to win the NFC East, okay? The number one objective is to win the NFC East because that puts you in play for home field advantage, okay? Without a doubt, has to be the number one priority. Win that East. Break the hex from 04. Become the first team to go back-to-back in winning the NFC East. Doesn't it show you also, no matter how much success the Philadelphia Eagles have had since 2000, since 2004, nobody in the division has been able to duplicate division championships. Let alone, hey, how about this? Let alone get back to the Super Bowl. Nobody in that division has been able to win back-to-back NFC East. And you're telling me you think you're going back to the Super Bowl when for the last 20 years, you haven't even won back-to-back NFC titles. And I'm not picking on just the Eagles here. I'm showing you how difficult it is to do what really Andy Reid did back in the day when he went and won all those division titles and got to the NFC championship game. Okay? It's a difficult task. I saw Selkie write in the Inquirer, he doesn't even think they're getting back to the NFC title game. Could be right. It's going to be quite a journey. This journey is going to find this team. And I'll say this to you. The 2023 season is not just going to define Jalen Hurts. It's going to define the next five years of the Eagles. Where are you? Because if you flop, you're not playing shit teams this year. You're playing great teams, great quarterbacks, great defenses. Teams that are coached well. There's no off week. Shit, last week you went through maybe a month and a half at times, and you had no competition. That's not happening here. You can't sustain any injury at many of the key positions. You don't have anybody to cover tight ends right now. We, we, we talked about this yesterday. Your defensive tackles, are they going to be able to stop the run? They have it in two years. Two years you haven't stopped the run. You did it enough last year because you got home with the quarterback and sacking him. Okay? Epps, hey, would we not agree? I don't know about you, Tone. Would we not agree that TJ Edwards and Marcus Epps were two of the most underrated players on the Eagles last year? Would, would, we, not, would we not at least have that argument and conversation that Edwards and Epps were the most underappreciated players on that Eagle team a year ago. Okay? 160 tackles and 91 tackles. You, <laughs> hey, look, 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 at, look at Jay. Jay goes, that's a joke? Really? 91 tackles. You think you've got a safety back there that's going to make 91 tackles? Who? You got a linebacker that you think is going to make 160 tackles and set your fronts? Who? Going to be interesting. (laughs) Going to be interesting. To say the least. Reed Blankenship? 
you think is going to replace Epps never happen. Never happen. Never happen. Okay? I'm the name. I'm not going anywhere near bus with N'Kobe. I think there's a lot of pressure on him. Everybody that is a Philadelphia Eagle fan thinks that you're just going to plug and play N'Kobe Dean and he's going to have 160 tackles like TJ Edwards did. I do not believe that. I do not. By the way, we said we were going to do this. I got some goals, individual goals that we're going to get to for Eagle players. The Big Sills Eagle goals for 2023. We're going to do that here in a minute. Mike goes like Diggs. Diggs' contract is not, is not going to last. Signing bonus, $21 million. Sign, You see what that guy said? The guy goes like this. Signed an, he signed a $97 million contract. No, he didn't. He signed a $21 million contract. No, he didn't. That $97 million, dude, $70 million of it is non-guaranteed. Signed a $21 million deal over five years. That's the deal. 90. Signed a $97 million deal. <laughs> yeah, in Monopoly. $97 million deal. Once again, the league likes to send those numbers out to make their players look like they're making a king's ransom when, in fact, they're not compared to the other guys. Whatever. I'm here to educate you guys. It's what I do. All right. Before I get to my expectations for some of the key players on the Philadelphia Eagles heading into training camp and into the 2023 season, I want you to understand one thing. I'm pu- I am not going to do what the New York Giants did. I'm not going to set these lofty goals to where you have to have career years. Okay? I'm not going to do things that you're not going to have a chance to obtain. The Giants made Saquon Barkley jump through a hoop for things he's never done. Never. In his career in New York. We're going to get to that, first and foremost. Who, before I get there, as camp starts, who's the most intriguing eagle to watch this preseason and 2023 season? Who will be the most intriguing player to you to go through this journey this year? What player? Who will be that player for you? JM says Dean, Loki, Carter, or excuse me, Dean. Cam Jurgens, nice, Max. Max, nice. Dean. I'm going to be watching him like a hawk. Hopefully, they trade Boza. They'll never trade Boza. Hassan Reddick, Carter, Dean and Swift. Hmm. Kayvon, I love that. I'm with you guys. If N'Kobe Dean 
after the first four games is not cutting it, we'll know immediately. We may even know after week one. And then how long do you go before you make the move where you try to trade for something or find something? You know, they may not be prepared for this because they have no depth at that position. When they put TJ Edwards in, it changed the entire defense. You don't have options here. You better not miss on him. There's more riding on him than Jordan Davis because you have depth at D-tackle with Milton Williams and with Jalen Carter and the kid you got from the Saints, actually. So you could kind of hold the fort down. Maybe if you have to call Sue or Linville Joseph, bring him back again. I don't have a problem with that. I'm actually go- I actually hope they do that. You don't have that kind of depth. Or you're going to have to give something up to get a quality linebacker in there because they're not just walking the streets right now. Now that Diggs has that money, what are the odds they restructure um, Zach Martin now? Obviously, Zach Martin's not in Oxnard with the Cowboys. We'll get into that here in a minute. Will they restructure? Since when does Jerry Jones restructure and move money around? What do you think? He's the Cincinnati Bengals? This guy pays money, and he does things, and he'll do whatever to get these guys signed. I think he's looking at Zach Martin like this. He's 32, 33 years old. He's in that middle of the room now. You're really going to give him max money at offensive guard when we're talking about two, three years left maybe as a career? Jerry's going to try to, like, undercut him here. And by the way, do you really think he's going to go from $7 million to $20 million? You think Zach Martin's going to go from $7 million to where some of the high-priced guards are now in the league at 18 to 20? No way. No way. He's been sorely underpaid. Jerry likes his Christmas balls and not the tree. That's why they don't win. They don't invest in the right guys. They don't, they don't invest in the right guys. They'd rather overpay for Jalen Smith or some of these other stiffs that they've had, Randy Gregory and whomever, and, and, and not pay the guy who's one of your best offensive. Zach Martin goes down as one of the best offensive linemen in Cowboy history. Jerry, Jerry doesn't see that, though. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm, I'm looking at N'Kobe Dean as the most intriguing player in 2023. Um, N'Kobe Dean has the green dot on his helmet. Big Sills has the bullseye on his helmet. I'll be watching him every game. False steps, lining guys up right. Hey, by the way, I'm not even going to talk about his play first. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Lining guys up right, knowing formations, filling gaps, making tackles, and covering tight ends and backs out of the backfield. All that is on his plate. You guys talk to me like he's Oppenheimer. Oh, this guy here, you know, he's a molecular engineer guy and he's smart as shit. I don't care. I've seen the dumbest guys on the planet. 
go out there and look like savants. And I've seen some of the smartest people on the planet get out there on a football field and their head's on a swivel. We'll see. I don't believe it. I I, I don't believe because you, you haven't even worked him into it yet. That's why I said this. I don't know, maybe push Morrow into the mic and have him on the on the Sam side or on the Will side and let him at least get used to playing and starting. No, they're going to put him at the mic right away. Okay. He better be ready. Dude, you have to be ready immediately. You're playing against Belichick. You don't have a coach on your coaching staff in his league. There is not a coach on the – Stoutland is the only coach – that's in that building that could work for Bill Belichick. And, and of course, Patricia. The rest of them are in diapers. They're in diapers. <laughs> well, Bill hasn't really had a really good four years. No, but he's had a great 35 years. <laughs> it's crazy. This guy goes on the greatest run in NFL history, developing all types of players not drafted. By the way, you've drafted more first-round players, more people in the last 25 years on your offense in the first, second, and third rounds than Bill Belichick ever did. He gets undrafted free agents, fourth-rounders, seventh-rounders, sixth-rounders, and wins Super Bowls with them. You've got one in 30 years. He's got six and 25. Who under or overachieved? Well, it was Brady. Well, isn't it great? And really, do you think it's kind of weird that Bill Belichick coached the greatest defensive player in the history of the sport and the greatest offensive player in the history of the sport? Huh. Interesting. And not one of them was the first pick in the draft. You can throw all the shade you want on Bill. He's got the rings to punch you in the face with him. You got one. He's got eight. Two more. Covers his hands. Can you think of, hey, wait a minute now. He got nine AFC championship rings. Actually, 10 because he was with Parcells when they got beat by the Packers. He's got two more NFC title rings. So it's 12 conference championship rings and eight Super Bowls. Yeah, you're right. He sucks. Sure. Belichick was not a quarterback whisperer. Forte couldn't be more wrong. So you draft Matt Castle. He takes your Patriots to an 11-5 and season. They trade him to the Chiefs, and he wins a division title. Not bad for a guy that never started. Get this, Aton. You know that guy, Matt Castle, who went 11-5 and when Brady got hurt? And then they traded him to Kansas City, and he won a division title? You know he never started a down at USC? He played behind Carson Palmer and Matt Leiner. He never started. Belichick drafted him in the late rounds, okay? Probably coincidence. 
Brady was looked at by Lloyd Carr as a piece of shit in Michigan. Nobody thought anything of a guy who runs a 5-9. Goes on to win six Super Bowls. Huh. It's got to be coincidence. Jimmy Garoppolo, he drafts. Nobody thought anything of Jimmy Garoppolo. Goes 4-1 and one in New England. Trades him to San Francisco and he wins a division title and an NFC championship. Probably coincidence. Finds Jacoby Brissett. Nah, he can't be anybody. Starts in Indianapolis and in Miami. And will probably start in Washington. Ah, this is all coincidence. Not one of those guys were drafted in the first round. You're right. He doesn't know anything about quarterbacks. How can you make statements like that when the work shows he does? Okay. Yeah. Forte's one of those idiots that believes that Spygate had anything to do with anything. It's called gamesmanship. I love it. It's funny when they, when, when they find, Hey, when they find him, they still went on and won three more Super Bowls. <laughs> so what effect did it have? What effect did it have? Well, you know, Deflategate. I learned more about PSI and deflated balls more in sports talk radio over the last couple of years than I did when I was a kid. Went on to win two more Super Bowls. You're right. Deflategate. Oh, I'm sure that played a factor. <laughs> I love that shit. Very raiderous. What are they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? Are they doing something cheating? Are they cheating? Are they putting the sprinklers on? Wait a minute. Our side, we can't hear anything in our earpieces. How come we can't hear? They've got to be spying on us. That's the best thing on the planet. You've already got opposing teams already thinking about stupid shit. It's wonderful. That's, that's called gamesmanship. I totally dig it. I'm a gigantic fan of that. Love it. All right. Let's move on. I do this every year. Here are the big sales expectations and personal goals for players that have to have great years for the Eagles to win the NFC this year. We should start it with Jalen. Jalen Hurts comes off a great season. Comes off a year where his improvement was remarkable. From where he was his first year starting, which was not very good, it was a tad above average. He was the caboose. And that team, his first year he started, carried him to the playoffs. And once he got into the playoffs, a horrible display against the Tampa Bay Bucks. It was terrible. You had an announcer and Troy Aikman screaming at him, dude, just throw the ball out to the left. Just throw it. He couldn't find him. To where there were moments last year where he was sensational. 
Absolutely. Here are my expectations for Jalen Hurts in 2023. 3,800 passing yards. 25 touchdowns. Passes. 66 quarterback percentage. Six INTs. In the rushing game, 165 carries, 750, and eight touchdowns. Those are all doable. And if he does that, the team will be in contention once again for the NFC title. The key, do you know what the key stat is? There's two for Jalen Hurts this coming year. You know what they are? Completion percentage. And interceptions, not touchdown passes, not yards, not attempts, not completions. Completion percentage and INTs, protecting the football. And probably something on here that's not a stat. Don't get hurt. Okay? Ben goes, you're crazy? Why? This is who he is. See, Ben thinks this guy's going to throw for 5,000 yards. That's absolutely insane. He's not. He's not a passing quarterback. He is a dual threat threat. This is just as intimidating as 5,000 passing yards. Why don't you people see that? Do you understand? That's like 33 touchdowns and 4,500 yards of total offense. How are you not looking at it that way? That's a threat. That's a threat. He's not one-dimensional because he can't be. Jalen Hurts is never going to win in this league just as his pure drop-back guy. You understand that, right? I don't know why some of you have a problem swallowing that. He's not that guy. That's okay. He is just as much a threat with those numbers as Patrick Mahomes is with 5,000 passing yards and 40 touchdowns. Okay? Name goes, I hate Jalen. I hate no one. I don't give a shit about that. I don't hate anybody. I don't know. How? Oh, you're one of those guys that go on the internet, huh, dude? Right, right, name? You're the one guys that go on the internet, and because you think you know me, you call, you say shit like that. Interesting. I'm, I, I, I don't do that. Okay? <laughs> I, I do not do that. If I don't know you, I don't hate you. Okay. So what do you make of that? 3,800, 25, 66, 6 INTs, 165, 750 yards rushing. That's a threat. And by the way, those numbers to me are scary. Those are scary. All right. Here are my expectations for 
A.J. Brown. 90 catches. 1,200 yards. And 10 touchdowns. Is that fair? Better be. He's making $25 million. He better put those numbers up. Because if he doesn't, he underachieves. You need at $25 million to put those numbers up. And to be a little north of those numbers. And let's remember something. Last year was a career year. Is he going to duplicate that again? I don't know. We'll see. If Jalen continues to do what he's doing and puts those numbers up, I probably think he's still in the room. Guys, you don't want to set expectations for some of these guys. Like the See, I got this idea from what the Giants did. The Giants put these... The Giants put these um, expectations for Saquon Barkley. He'll never hit. He'll never hit. Here is my expectations for Devontae Smith. I think he becomes the very first player in Philadelphia Eagle history as a wide receiver to catch a thou- to catch a hundred passes. I think he catches a hundred. I think he goes for 1,200 and 10 touchdowns. That's quite a year. 100 catches, 1,200 and 10. Dude, I don't know about you, but to me, you got two receivers over 1,200 or around 1,200 yards and 190 catches between both. Your wide receiving core did the same thing it did a year ago. Okay? Dallas Goddard. I think those numbers are very realistic. Right. See, Tone, that's what we're trying to accomplish here. Don't do what the Giants are doing to Barkley. Those numbers are not realistic to him. It's it's so embarrassing and so disrespectful that I am not going to do that to the Eagle guys as we get ready for camp. Today, they report and get ready for the start of the preseason and then the regular season. I am not going to be unfair to any one of these guys. If Her- Do I think Hurts could go over 38? I do. Do I think that AJ could go over 12? I do. Do I think Devontae could go over 1,200? I do but I'm going to set reasonable expectations for the guys and expectations that I think fit their skill set right now and who they are. And if they happen to overachieve, congratulations to you. And by the way, you shouldn't be moving the bar 10 feet. You should be moving it one foot at a time. Let Jalen Hurts grow into being Tom Brady. Tom Brady wasn't born in one day. He was born over 20 years. Only you guys out there were calling Peyton Manning the better quarterback. In the end, it never happened, and it was never true. Brady did more with less than what Manning ever did. Manning had the best of 
everything, wide receivers, running back, O-line, everything. Tom Moore, OC, same O-line for a decade. They gave him everything, and he still won one. But boy, Tone would say that's underachieving. Tied in two, that's right. Dallas Clark. That's right, Dallas Clark. Guy had everything. Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, Dallas Clark, Edger and James, Marshall Falk. Had everything. Brady was better. With undrafted people. And one of the greatest, if not the greatest, head coach of all time. The Eagles don't need Hurts to throw for four grand. They don't. They need that low turnover ratio again. I don't get why people are so hell-bent on him doing that. It's not important. You know what it is for me? Tone. It's a great way to hit someone in the ribs and jab him and make him not look as good. But, dude, he's more of a threat. He's just as much of a threat with those numbers that I gave you as Mahomes is with 5,400 yards. Hey, by the way, haven't you seen the way he plays when he plays against Mahomes? It's two different dudes. It's two different guys. Can I tell you where I think the edge is? I think the edge is in coaching. I personally think the edge is in coaching. I don't think your coordinators or your head coach is in Andy Reid's league. But who is? So you got the best talent at quarterback in Kansas City. And you got the best play-calling head coach in the sport. Him and McVay. I like McVay with the Rams. Don't you think that that was the difference in the Super Bowl, especially in the second half? When your guys were running into each other like they were weebles. Again, fans only think like this so they can win pointless debates. Not only that, too. You got to remember something, Tone. Do you know what's changed the narrative with people? Fantasy football. You think you think because Jalen doesn't throw for 4,000 yards and some of those high touchdown numbers that Josh Allen or some of these other guys do. Because, again, you look at those other guys, they're fantasy dreams. Not that Jalen's not. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Ben goes, golf was the difference. Imagine that. Jared Goff and Sean McVay got to a Super Bowl. Almost won it. And what does he do? He moves him, gets Stafford in, and wins it. I don't know. You think Nick Sirianni's in the same conversation as Sean McVay? Highly unlikely. He's 38 years old. And he's got two conference title rings and a Super Bowl championship. (laughs) Not not in a room. Nick Sirianni, Sean McVay, not close. Dallas Goddard. Here are my goals for him. 75 catches. 900 yards and eight touchdowns. So if you look at it, 
90 catches and 1,210 touchdowns for A.J.? Devontae Smith, 100 catches, 1,210? Dallas Goddard, 75 catches, 900 yards, and 8 TDs. That's a hell of a passing game. That's a hell of a passing game. Okay? Running back. I'm only going to do one because I think there's only one that's worth the shit talking about. And that's DeAndre Smith. That, that's the running back, DeAndre Swift. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not wasting my time on the rest of that shit that you have in your backfield. I'm talking about one guy. That's DeAndre Swift. 185 carries. 900 rushing yards, six touchdowns, 50 catches, 450 and receiving yards, and five receiving touchdowns. In my opinion, that'll put him in the Pro Bowl if he does that. 900 yards and six touchdowns. I'd like to see him around the 185 number. Because that helps Jalen. I'd like to see 50 catches. Put him in the slot. See what he does. 450 in receiving yards. Can I tell you what that would look like? A 2.0 version. Not as good. Of Brian Westbrook. Wide receiver, Quez Watkins, my expectations. 40 catches. 500 yards. And four TDs. Let me say this to you. If Quez Watkins puts those numbers up and the other guys play like I think they can, Quez Watkins will be one of the most feared threats in the league. Here's why. So your number three is catching 40 passes and runs a 4-2? You have to defend it. You have to defend it. You can't just go like this. Eh, Well, you know, he ain't going to do anything. But he's got to be a guy that shows you that he can play and catch and be part of it. Okay. If Watkins puts 40 catches up and 500 yards, he'll have a job in Philadelphia for the next decade. Some defensive guys. James Bradbury. 40 tackles, four picks. You better get me at least four picks. 
you're making $16 million, $14 million. Let's go. You can't have a drop-off. Darius Slay, $14 million, 42 tackles, five interceptions. You better come in with those. The Eagles have $30 million in those two guys. They better play. And they better play like they still are $30 million duo. Do I think they will? I do not. And do I think Bradbury? No, I don't. I think it's Slay. I don't think Slay has a good year. Slay was not having a good finish to the year. He did not play well. I think he's a problem. I think they should have moved off him. If it were me, instead of Nolan Smith, I may have tried to get that guy, Christian Gonzalez, from Oregon. That, that was the play. Carter and Gonzalez would have been the play for the Eagles. I think you got an old man playing corner. We'll see. I do not believe that that guy has a lot of gas left in the tank. But we'll see. I guarantee you, he does not have 42 tackles and five picks. I bet you anything, he leads the league in plus 25 plays given up this year. Just something that I'm I'm seeing in his game. Linebacker. N'Kobe Dean. My expectations, 150 tackles, two picks. Surely, a third-round draft choice should have higher expectations than a UDFA and a guy you guys think sucks. Surely you think he's going to duplicate What TJ did, he was an undrafted free agent. No one thought anything of him. He's not the fastest guy. You're telling me what a great mind and how smart he is and how fast he is and what a ball player he was at Georgia. 150 tackles in five, two picks. Is that unreasonable? Don't say it is because then you shouldn't have moved off Edwards. Better not say that that he can't do that. Because then why'd you move off Edwards? Shit, he gets 110 tackles. That means he's missed time and he's not productive enough. Bro, 110? You dropped 60 tackles? No way. That ain't good enough, 110. Because that means the guys in front of you are also getting their ass handed to him. Uh-uh. Edwards is around 130, 140, 160 the two years he started. So you're going to take a dip for what? You're telling me he's better. That guy better come in between 135 and 150. Or it was not an upgrade. It was a downgrade. 
First year? Let me take a look at something. T.J. Edwards, stats. So T.J. Edwards' first year starting was 130 tackles, one INT. Okay, 130. Okay, I'll lower it. 130. Not a chance in hell he hits that. It's not. It's a downgrade. The amazing thing about Edwards is 2022 with 159 tackles and only 60 were assisted. That means he was hawking guys for almost 100 solo tackles. So you're telling me you think Kobe Dean's going to have 100 solo tackles. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You really believe you think that that dude's going to have 100 solo tackles? If you thought that, why did you play him last year? There's not a chance he hits 100. Dude, we'll see if he gets we'll see if he gets 130 tackles. Here's my expectations for Jordan Davis. 50 tackles and five sacks. Is that unreasonable? I know last year he had 19, but he wasn't, he was in a rotation. 50 tackles and five sacks for Jordan Davis. Is that too much to ask for? I think that's reasonable. Tone, no? That's reasonable. Someone goes like this, he has to be better? What, 70, 60 tackles, 10 sacks? He ain't going to do that. Dude, five sacks will be more sacks than he had in the last six years in his entire football career. Jalen Carter. (laughs) Tone goes, that sounds like Quentin Williams' numbers at 21. Here's Jalen Carter. I got 50 tackles. And eight sacks. That may be high. That may be high. Because Fletcher had six his first year and didn't play a lot of... Well, he played a pretty good percentage, but not, like, significant. That might be high, but 50 tackles, eight sacks. Rolling seven sacks, that's okay. In there, seven to eight. Should put that seven to eight. Hassan Reddick, 65 tackles, and I put 11 sacks. I mean, dude, 16 was fantastic. 
double digit for a four straight year is insane great. And I'm giving him the benefit because get this, you're telling me your bar's 11 sacks a year. Jadavian Clowney his entire 10 plus year career never had double digits. Do not think that that is something that's easy. He's exceptional. Okay? He's exceptional. He's exceptional, dude. He really is. He's exceptional. He's exceptional at what he's doing when it comes to four years. So, I look, I, I think he's great. Only 11 for Hassan. I would ask for 13. Josh Sweat, 50 tackles, 10 sacks. I think he's your best three-down guy. And Fletcher, 40 tackles and five. All right, I'm going to take a timeout. Mike Missanelli is going to join us at 4.30 Eastern time. We're going to go through all the things, and I'm going to actually ask him over-under on all these. Hit the like button. Hour number two, keep it here on the National Football Show. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. 
All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to look. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. Sales National Football Show. Mike Missinelli will join us at the bottom of the hour. We appreciate you guys coming aboard with us. Thank you so much. I'll say it one more time. That franchise tag is communistic and fascist. Telling somebody he can't earn maximum money because you control him is communism. And that's the structure that the NFL has with players. They tell you what you're going to make. Okay? Not market value. They set the market. What kind of shit is that? You can't maximize your ability to a point. They've allowed the quarterback market to get out of hand. And so you know what they've done? They've diminished the linebacker and running back positions to pay for the line. Do you understand something here? That linebackers and running backs are paying for quarterbacks because they've devalued those positions. And you know how they did that? By changing the rules to not have a value on linebackers and running backs. That's why you see most of the teams in nickel packages now. And so what they've done is, well, it's like, get this. It's not that the owners are spending more money because the league's value goes up. The league's value goes up more than the salary cap goes up. Salary cap goes up 17% every year. Do you know that ownership... Jerry Jones bought the team in 1990 for $154 million. In that time frame, it's worth $10 billion. What do you think it has a value goes up every year? That's a great point, Ben. Next year, probably the kickers. They'll start taking more money out of that position. So they can pay corners, edge rushers, and wide receivers. You see, what's going to happen? What you guys have been saying And maybe this is the best thing on the planet for Devontae Smith. You ready? Maybe in three years when his contract is up, you'll be able to afford two $25 million wideouts. That's kind of where it's trending now. Right? Shit, the whole thing's changing right in front of our eyes. Can you imagine getting your ass kicked over 900 grand and embarrassed like that? Dude, if you're Barkley walking into training camp, How do the Giants look at him? And they tried to get rid of you. How do do you not look at that and go, wow, this is not the organization that I dropped my pants for and told them how I felt about them. This is not the organization I thought. (laughs) Absolutely, man. 900 grand you did this for? By the way, it's not a Giants problem. It's a union problem, as I've said to you. It's the NFL Players Association. This is your problem. You're the people that don't protect your players. 
You're the people that don't fight for salaries. You're the people that don't fight for benefits for retired players. You're the people that allow former players um, who come up with CTE and you're praying for all those guys pre-1990 to just die. You don't give a shit about the history of the league or the union would do something about it. Shit, the NBA player, as I was telling Tone prior to coming on the air, that's a business partner. Very jealous of the NBA guy. Kudos to you. Holy cow. Look at what Brown got in Boston. Man, that's great money. And Saquon Barkley embarrassed himself for $900,000 with incentives that he can't hit. And Brown's not even a top 20 player in the league. (laughs) Nobody watches the NBA. They don't care. People in China do. What do you think they're getting their money from? Popeyes? They're getting their money from China. Pizza Hut? (laughs) Where in the world do you think you're getting your money from? Ticket prices? You know the highest ticket prices in sports are NBA and NHL. Did you know that? Yeah, but the most popular sports sales is football. And the most used athlete are football players. You can't gamble. We tell you what you make. We put franchise tags on you. We have a salary cap for you. During the pandemic that you told everyone, which was so unbelievably awful around the world. This is the owners talking. And yet, their revenues continued to climb during the pandemic. But the NFL salary cap went down. Why is that? How could the salary cap go down when owners' revenues and value of their team went up? Did anyone ever ask that? No, they weren't allowed to because you know why? The owners control the media and you. Did you ever ask? Did you ever ask how the salary cap went down? Well, it's the pandemic, Dan. Well, the owners' revenues went up and their market value went up. They didn't lose any money. The television networks paid them the same money. That's why they didn't cancel games. That's why they played a game during the pandemic for the first time in league history on every day of the week. They were missing paychecks from networks. But the players took it. Look at Barkley. It's embarrassing. Oof. I'm not going to kill him at all. You know, he went back for 900 grand. So he got 900,000 more over over the uh, franchise tag. Jesus. I'm in Talk about having your ass and having your shit handed to you. Man, dude, you went in with your head down and your hand out. Hey, I'm here. Okay. Completely embarrassing. Couple questions before we get Mike Missinelli on 430 Eastern. Which one of these players do you think is a stud 
or stiff. Jordan Love of the Packers. Trey Lance of the Niners. Or Justin Fields of the Bears. All three stiffs. All three studs. How do you look at those three dudes? A lot of question marks on those three guys. Jordan Love, I'm afraid I don't see it. Get this, you hear what the president of the Packers said today? As they get ready for training camp, they report. We'll know by week eight. So you don't know right now he's the guy moving on? Wow. So you're, you're, you're lowering expectations for your fan base by telling them, so you move off, wait a minute, you move off of a four-time MVP because you didn't like him? That's not winning football. That's not winning football. You do whatever it takes to make that guy happy. If you've got to kiss his ass, you kiss his ass. Lance is a stiff. To be determined on feels can be a stud if he gets support from the Bears. I'm going to make a comment here on Justin Fields here in a second. Trey Lance. So wait a minute. Let me ask you this. Trey Lance has Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, a really good old line, an exceptional defense, and he sucks. Where in the world could you trade him to that has all that talent and he couldn't do anything with it in San Francisco? But you think that guy is going to be good somewhere else and he can't be good with all... Dude, just turn around and hand a freaking ball off. Throw to Kittle. Do something. My opinion, that guy is just not very good And he is not going to make it. This is a new version of Jim Drunkenmiller or Gino Carmazzi. Both those guys suck. And you know what's crazy? Both organizations know it. Here's Justin Fields. Justin Fields, in my opinion, will be a stiff. Here's why. The Bears are stiffs. What makes you think? Name me one quarterback in the last 65 years the Bears have developed. One. Where you went, man, this guy's good. Rex Grossman? Who? Jim McMahon? That's 35 years ago. If he's going to be good... He's going to have to go somewhere else to be good. If I were him, I would want out of Chicago so bad. Send me to a place that at least will give me a chance. See, this is what I talk about getting drafted in the wrong spot. You drafted a kid out of Ohio State who has no history at that program of developing quarterbacks for the NFL. They've never had a star quarterback in the NFL ever. So then he sent him to a place for the last 65 years who's never developed a quarterback. How do you think that that's going to play out? You have no support at Ohio State. 
And some of you go, well, look at all the great players he had there. Name me one quarterback that's ever gone on to the NFL and you went, that guy is a stud. There isn't one. And you can't use Burrow. That's like Alabama using Hurts. Field so far will have played for two programs that can't develop quarterbacks. Correct. Correct. He's got to get out of there before get this. They destroy him. It's a quarterback graveyard, Chicago. Go to Miami? Yeah, that's a great call, going to Miami. If, 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 if Tua, God forbid, gets hurt, that'd be a great place for him to go. Got a lot of talent there. You got an organization. Um, I like Chris Greer, the general manager. I think they're doing a good job putting a lot of talent around that roster. I think that'd be a great spot for him. And maybe you could get the best out of him. He's getting shitty coaching. And now you've got Matt Eberflus, a defensive guy up there, coaching him with no culture in the building. How are you going to win? Man. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. If Kenny Pickett sucks, and I think he's average, mediocre at best, you send his ass to Pittsburgh, he'll have a chance there. So he's going to be a stiff in Chicago. But would it shock you if all of a sudden you saw Geno Smith kind of year out of him four years later? No. All of a sudden you watch him someplace like Geno and you see and you go like this, holy shit, this guy's really good. And you're like, where'd that come from? How about good coaching? Okay. Trucker goes, Jay Cutler. So Jay Cutler's probably the best quarterback the Bears have had in the last 65 years next to McMahon. That's scary. And the same ownership has owned a team. It's not like there's been four owners. The McCaskey and the Hattles family have owned the team for the last 100 years. You don't have five different owners in the last 100 years. You have one... It's one of the only places in the NFL where one owner has owned that team over a hundred years and you get the same shitty results. Right? So Justin Fields has no shot in Chicago. Here's another question before we get Mike Misnelli on at 430 Eastern. Can Eric Bieniemy make an impact in D.C.? Alex goes, Jim McMahon had the 85 defense and sweetness. Yeah, they really did a great job. Had a great year. Nice job. Really a great year. I wouldn't call that a spectacular run. One year? That, that's not consistent winning. With the Patriots, the 49ers, the Giants, what they did, according to Tone, too. You can't have 30 years with one title. You got to show me consistent closing the story. Does Eric Bieniemy make an impact in Washington, D.C.? I don't know. He made no impact whatsoever in Kansas City. 
Hence the 15 different job interviews he went on. And you can't tell me that it's all about being an African-American. Because other African-Americans have been hired in that process. It's the fact that people look at him as a guy who got Andy Reid coffee every day and a donut. What impact? Now, you're hoping that this thing turns out like Andy Reid when Andy See, what people are in organizations are trying to duplicate, when Andy Reid was getting Mike Holmgren coffee and a cup of coffee and a, and a donut, when Mike Holmgren was the coach, you're hoping to duplicate that. Well, has that happened since? Mike Holmgren called plays up there. Andy Reid Andy didn't call plays for Brett Favre. He didn't call plays for Brett Favre. Nobody, under, nobody was under that notion that Andy Reid was the play caller in Green Bay with Holmgren in the building. Just like Bill Walsh was the play caller in San Francisco. Mike Holmgren wasn't the play caller in San Francisco. That was Bill Walsh. So Eric Bieniemy, that'll be a question to keep an eye on. Here's another one. You think the Lions are going to be able to handle the hype? Will the Lions be able to handle the hype? Sure, a lot of expectations in Detroit. Shit, I can't remember the last time that there are expectations in Detroit. Jameson says Lions will guess. Why? Because the coach? I like Dan Campbell. And Nick Sirianni have a lot in common. Dopey-ass introduction interviews and press conferences when they were named head coach. Dopey, both of them. Dopey. Stupid. High school shit. Both, though, have done something that have a lot in common with one another. Now, Dan, being a former player, I think it was an easier transition for him. But you know the one thing that they both have in common? What do you think the one thing that Dan Campbell, the Lions head coach, and Nick Sirianni have in common? Those dopey-ass introduction press conferences were dopey. What, what, What do you think they both have in common? You know what I think? I think both those guys have walked into a room and everyone believes them. They're genuine. To a success and to a fault. And I think that humanizes them. And I think both guys wear their emotions on their sleeves. And I think people in general, and players especially, they see that as a strength. Hey, this guy fucks up too. Hey, this guy's a good guy. Hey, this guy says stupid shit too, just like me. It, 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 
You know what I mean? It it makes you it makes you genuine. Yeah, Jamison authentic. You're you're an authentic guy. Instead of being like what you guys told me Chip Kelly was, you couldn't be more of a fraud and a phony when you listen to Chip Kelly at any of his press. And those are the BS artists, right? That's to me is what makes Dan Campbell and Nick Sirianni work in the NFL. Look, these guys aren't the greatest X's and O's guys, but you know what they are? Again, they're genuine. To a fault. And like I just said to you, hey, Dan Campbell, man, that looks stupid. Nick Sirianni jumping on a park bench. That looks dumb. The stupid and dopey press conference he had when he was introduced as Eagle head coach. You know what, though? You know what a player does? He looks at that and goes like this. <laughs> this guy has up just like me. And that makes you more relatable. And that, to me, is more important than X's and O's at times. And that's why this guy's winning. He's winning locker rooms. Now, we'll see when we get a little adversity. We saw a little bit everyone was questioning when they were 2-5. and five. Then they ended up taking the play calling away. All right. I am going to get my friend... Mike Missinelli on here. And I'm going to play a little bit of over-under with him. And I want to see where he thinks as the Eagles show up to training camp today, first practice is tomorrow, as they go for their quest to repeat as NFC champions, we bring in Mike Missinelli. Big Mike, how you doing, man? Big Sills, how are you? How many years is this now you covering the Eagles? Well, um, you know, I started as a reporter with the Philadelphia Inquirer. So, I mean, I didn't cover them on an everyday basis, but I did. I was a features writer at the time. So, uh, it's been a long time. It's been since the 80s. <laughs> so, that's a long time. So, since Jerome? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely since Jerome. I think I had crossed over to Sports Talk Radio by the time Jerome got there. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've been through many eras of Eagle football. You know, like that, that Reggie White, uh, Jerome era, and then uh, – the McNabb era, you know, the Randall era, obviously back then. Um, this is as good a feeling as you can have as a Philadelphia Eagle fan right now, as you as you walk into this camp. Let me throw this at you. Mike, we had a conversation last week about the owner. We were looking at position rooms, front offices, and I know that you sometimes go back and forth. You said this before on the program about Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Eagles. This is his 30th year going into this 2023 season as owner of the Eagles. You think he's over or underachieved as an Eagle owner going into his 30th year? Um, Wow, that's a great question. Uh, I I think most people who aren't as cynical as me think he has overachieved. I think everybody here thinks he's a really good owner. And I guess there's no reason not to think he he's not a good owner. I think he tries his best to win. I think there were a couple of misguided years where he trusted the wrong people. Uh, and the, the Chip Kelly era was just a horrendous era in judgment because he just gave up the store. Uh, Chip Kelly showed up at his house and demanded X, and he got X. And I, I was, like, befuddled by that whole thing. But pretty much he's been pretty wise about this whole thing. And, you know, trusting Howie Roseman at the time, at the time I thought was foolish, but – He's been proven right on that, I guess. Do you think Howie Roseman is a better general manager than what Joe Banner was? Yeah, I think he is because Joe Banner 
drew too hard of a line. You know, his uh, money management was sound, and he had the formula of getting guys in and signing them the contracts before he had to really pay them a lot, and he foresaw that. But he was just disliked. And uh, I don't know if players trusted him to that extent. I think I think players trust Howie. I think that uh, they think that he uh, has the best interest of the franchise at heart, where maybe Joe Banner had the best interest of uh, fiscal responsibility at heart. Absolutely. The most intriguing player going into training camp for you and getting ready. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. For September in the start of the season will be who? Uh, it's Nicobe Dean for me. And and I know they don't prioritize linebackers, but no, this is a special case. This guy was a very productive college player, but if you try to rate him on, on an NFL basis, there aren't like what small linebackers really rise to a level where they can almost play at a pro bowl level. I, I don't know if I see that in this game anymore. Uh, hopefully he doesn't have to do that. Like I said, they don't prioritize linebackers. They have other, guys that they count on to make plays on their defense. But he's the most intriguing. I don't know if he can play or not. I mean, we really haven't had an indication from what we've seen last year whether he can play on an NFL level. And he's being counted on pretty heavily as a starting guy. And they had two pretty competent linebackers last year. And T.J. Edwards exceeded everybody's expectations. So there is a standard to uphold. And right now, uh, Nicobe Dean and Nicholas Morrow, I think, are if you look at it, are the two biggest question marks the Eagle fans have. I would say this to you, Mike, maybe the most underappreciated guy a year ago. And if everyone thinks that Nicobe Dean, and I do not think that he's going to walk in there and have 159 tackles and 100 solo tackles, and he's going to replace that. And if you even look back behind him, Marcus Epps may have been another guy that you looked at and went, that guy had 91 tackles. So you're going to try to replace those guys with unknowns, and you're telling me a guy who couldn't see the light of day last year and was a non-factor even on special teams is going to walk in there and have 160 tackles? Mike, I don't see that. I mean, I think he's intriguing. It's a big leap, and, and, you know, you worry about whether – you know, I I think teams are going to really try to go right at him and and test his size – and uh, you know, like to get around that, you got to be overly quick. I'm not so sure he is that. He's a sound football player, no question about it. But yeah, to me, I'm going to focus. I'm going to have my eyes on that uh, and the safety position. I mean, but here's the thing, Sills. You, you, you look at this team and you go, okay, like they're good. 
we know they're good, and so we're 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 picking at little spots yeah, where true where they where they could be a little bit weak, and you know that's a different perspective on Eagle teams when when the rest of the team is really good. You know they're going to contend. You know they're the best team in the division. They're probably the best team in the conference, and then we're nitpicking at these little things. But but again, it's it's not not an unimportant because they have the new defensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator. So you know all those things will come into play. How about this, Mike? If Jordan Davis doesn't start this year and he's the rotation tackle and it's Jalen Carter who gets to start next to Fletcher Cox, um, how do you look at Jordan Davis? If to, See, to me, Mike, the perfect world is Jordan Davis starts, Jalen Carter starts, and the swing tackle is actually Fletcher yeah, because Fletcher, less reps, higher production. We saw that once they got those other two guys a year ago, his game picked up as the season went on once he didn't have to play so much. I mean, how do you look at Jordan Davis right now? If that guy doesn't start this year and he's the rotation guy and he was the 13th pick in the draft. The, the thing about it, though, uh, Sills, is that their rotation is really strong and they don't have to overplay anybody here. You know, they've got four solid rotation guys. So, you know, whether Cox starts or whether Jalen Carter starts with Davis uh, I think they're going to get similar reps. Milton Williams is also thrown in there. So I like you know, They have four guys that, uh, that they can rotate, and I don't think they will overuse any of them. And I think that your point's well taken about Fletcher. Uh, and I know, and they, and they know it too. So, uh, you know, I think they can, they can piecemeal the whole thing. Mike, how do you think they're going to use Nolan Smith this year? Do you think Very they're going to? Very interesting question. You know, he's going to have to show a little something because, um, you know, Sweat, I, I don't, you know, sometimes I like him, and, and then sometimes I, I don't. So I, I think they're going to have to get some production from Nolan Smith. Or, I don't know, maybe out of the blue, Barnett plays well, and, and they wound up keeping him, and, and they can bring Nolan Smith along a little slower. But I think it's a good point. I, I think on that side, with Sweat being inconsistent, I think Nolan Smith's going to have to show him something. I'm going to go a couple of these over-unders. You tell me what you think here. I'm going to start with Hertz. I got Hurts down for 3,800 yards, 25 touchdowns, 66 completion percentage. These are goals I'd like to see him hit. Um, interception, six, 165 carries, 750 yards, and eight TDs. What a lot of Eagle fans look at me and go, he's out of 4,000? That's a weapon. That's a weapon when you look at that. Um, over under on those numbers. Because I say this. Yeah, Mike, uh, all right, give, me a, give me a one at a time then. Mike, get me- this. I think if he does what he did a year ago, they're back in the title game. 3,800 passing yards. Under. Wow. 25 touchdown passes. Under. 66 completion percentage. Uh, that's just about right, so I'll, go, I'll give him the over on that. Push. Yeah. Interception, six. Over. Wow, you think he's going to take a step backwards? Yeah, I do because there's going to be more emphasis on him this year. I, I think it's going to be harder for him. I think he's going to have the same dynamic effect, but I think that they can, they can uh, uh, like dilute it a little bit with him. And I think their running back contingent, it, it, like getting catching balls out of the back, but DeAndre Swift was such a major get for them. And, and you know they have three studs catching the ball, and I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with the third wide receiver. But, but I think they can spread the ball around enough where they can overcome the defensive emphasis. Everybody's going to game plan for what Jalen Hurts does. So, I mean, that's the only way. I don't think he's, he's going to be lesser of a player. I just think the emphasis is going to be such that those numbers are going to be a little lower. How about this? Now that you bring Quez up, I'll go there. 
and move down here. Um, is Quez the number three guy? And I say this to you, Mike. If AJ or Devontae get hurt, Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins are not winning the NFC East or the NFC because there's not a lot of depth. The kid from Atlanta could be decent, but, I mean, is Watkins, you feel comfortable with him not only catching about 35 passes, but in case that there is an injury in there where a guy's out for a spell, is he the guy? No. Uh, and I hope I'm wrong. And I, Me you know, too. Like, I, I, this little mini camp they had, everybody was impressed. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, How much I, is shorts? I, that don't yeah, impress I, I, you, Mike? I need, see, I need to see more than that. They said he, you know, they were really work hard the offseason, but I, I, that means nothing to me. I mean, he's going to have to show he's going to get a lot of playing time in preseason games. So I think that's going to be uh, a big test for him. And, you know, they might, I don't know. Uh, it's a case, I don't know what he's going to add. I have no idea what he's going to add. So they, depending on what Quez Watkins looks like in, in training camp and these preseason games, they may have to go out and reach out for somebody. As I agree. You mentioned Swift. Here's the numbers I got for him. I'd like to see him with about 185 carries, 900 yards rushing, six touchdowns, 50 receiving, 450 receiving yards, and five. I think he's a junior Brian Westbrook slash Christian McCaffrey kind of guy. Is that how you see him I, too? I was going to just say, you know, that sounds like Westbrook. You're describing Westbrook. Uh, yeah, and, and the one thing he has that maybe Brian didn't have was the breakaway, knock you dead, fifty-five yarder. Uh, and I think you're going to see them spring him for that. For that, I love him. I, I really do. I think that was just a key pickup. The way he can catch the ball out of the backfield is going to be so key for them. AJ Brown and Devontae, you think these guys both are around twelve hundred yards again? Yep. Oh, he's going to stop those two. Really, I mean, I if I'm the Eagles, I run ten of those slants to AJ Brown a game. I don't even know why they go in. Run the same pattern over and over. You can't stop it. You know, I I don't think they run enough of that slant with him. Absolutely, Dallas Goddard, seventy-five catches, nine hundred yards. You think he's in that conversation? Yes, he now? is. Absolutely, going to take a step up to that this year. I, I I just think now here here a couple more here, Mike Darius Slay. Does he have a good season, or is he the guy that I think he is? I think he's running out of gas. I he worries me, and I agree with you. And it's funny, I tweeted out something. Uh, he he, we got into like a Twitter beef, uh, an unintentionally Twitter beef. He did not have a great second half of the year, and nope. he took exception to that. Like, well, like I don't know what he 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 just played down a, a plus level. a horrible Super Bowl. Yeah, he played down almost the whole second half of the year. So I. I, he's a guy who I think thinks a lot of himself. And I don't know when you reach a certain age that you should be thinking a lot of yourself. Uh, you should be thinking more of sustaining and getting back to that level rather than thinking that the whole world's cheating you out of your due respect. Jalen Carter expectations for you. I said that I think he could go anywhere between 50 tackles to seven to eight sacks. And that's kind of what Fletcher did his first year when he came out of Ole Miss, is that he put those kind of numbers up. Do you think, Mike, again, it's hard to project a college guy until you see him actually in an NFL game. But I, I, I as I've told you before, I see a lot of Jerome intangibles, hands, quickness, big ass, yeah. all that stuff. I, I, just, I, I just have really a great expectation, and I think that that gamble was worth it. Uh, I, I like that view. 
Uh, I think the key for him is success early. Uh, so he gets some confidence he can play at this level. Um, I didn't see it from Davis. It, uh, you know, he, I don't really know if he thought he belonged. But uh, I think Jalen Carter uh, has to ha- have early success. And uh, I think that'll springboard him to what the numbers that you just mentioned. One last question on the Eagles. And then I got a sixer question for you. Okay. Um, let me throw this at you here with the coordinators. Does it concern you that – the last time we saw both coordinators and a head coach, now obviously Nick's not been replaced, but was 1990, and that was the New York Giants when they lost their coordinators. Coughlin went to BC, Belichick went to the Browns, and then Bill resigned in 90, then Ray Hanley took over, and it was a train wreck the next year for the Giants under Hanley. You got two new coordinators in the building. I can't remember where I've seen two offensive and defensive coordinators leave a conference championship team at once. I usually see one or the other, Mike, but you got a bunch of new dudes in that coaching staff. Does it concern you? It, it does concern me a little bit. You know, it's funny because Eagle fans are not concerned. Like it just, you don't even hear them even mention it. Uh, and in a longer time, it was an issue when they, when it first happened. And, but now people are looking at it like it's not even an issue, but it, I think it is an issue because I, I don't know if it's an issue on offense because I think, He's got so many weapons that I don't know, and he and he's got such a headstrong quarterback who knows how to play and plays it the right way and is smart and is developing. I, I don't know if Brian Johnson is going to have any problems. Uh, the other side of the football is going to be interesting because uh, as as much as they didn't like Gannon, they saw some success under Gannon, and and you know the side plays it a little differently. He pressed coverages a little bit more. He shows exotic fronts. Uh, and they may like that at first, but if there's an adjustment period and they're not successful, then you start to question it. You go, oh, yeah, you know, I was more comfortable last year in that other system. So uh, I think that's key on the defensive side more than the offensive side. Mike, here's here, here's where I look at it. And I think, again, to me, I think Vic Fangio was the number one option. And I think that Desai is probably the third option. And here's why. So you bring a guy that's only had really one year of coordinating in Chicago and then you replace a Mike linebacker with a guy who had 160 tackles. And now you're going to have a no guy, no experienced guy at the mic making all your calls for you with a first year D coordinator with safeties you're questioning. Boy, Mike, it just seems that I think that Vic Fangio thing was a bigger deal. Fangio is now the highest paid D coordinator in the NFL. You know that? And I'm sitting here going, I wonder if the side was really their choice or they did this because of default. And that's why they brought Matt uh, Patricia. Are you tying that in with me a little bit? I am. Um, I'm a little nervous about it too. I, you know, I look at it and I, they're, they're, they're such a good team, but like little things like that, the uncertainty of that and getting used to that. They, they, they haven't, the mini camp was nothing like they're just, they're going into training camp and it's like, okay, that's now we start. And, and I don't know, there's got to be some kind of an adjustment period. I mean, they may look bad defensively in the preseason and hopefully by, by the start of the season. But again, like the talent on this team is too good to be worried about those kind of things holding them down. Like, I, I, if I put that in the equation, are, are they still the best team in the NFC? I would have to say, yes, they are yeah. on paper. They are. They're certainly yeah. the best team in their division. And, and, like, you know, the 49, I know the 49ers are gunning, but, you know, they're having. You know, that quarterback situation is very odd for them. 
Um, so I, I, I'm I'm not worried about their success. I'm worried the the number is kind of funny at 11 and a half. I looked at the schedule. Like, I got 11 wins easy. And there's going to be that one game in, the, in that killer six uh, that they have with uh, with Dallas and then the, the bye. Buffalo, and then, Niners. Yeah, and, you, and, you, and you got the Chiefs. That's the Chiefs. Yeah. Bills and 49ers are home, though, yeah. uh, at the Cowboys and the Seahawks. So they got three of those games uh, are at home, four of the games that are home, starting with the Cowboys. Uh, they, they win one of those games that you look at that, that killer six and say, all right, they're going to win this one, even though probably they might not be favored in this game. That gets them to twelve, and I don't think anybody else in the NFC gets twelve. Mike, I'm, I'm, you know what? You and Angelo to me are people that I just admire so much, and I can't believe the people in Philadelphia and the media. What the hell are they doing covering the Sixers, man? I mean, they lie to you every day. They lie to you every year. They tell you about this bogus plan they have. They've got a fat guy now in James Harden that is holding a team hostage. He ate his way out of Houston. He moaned his way out of Brooklyn. And now he's telling people he hates it in Philly. I mean, you you had Ben Simmons and this guy. What, what plan are you guys recycling every year? Mike, I don't get why people give that thing the time of day because at the end of the day, in a city like that, I can't I, I, believe listen, a train. I, it's a train wreck, Mike. I, I think I think most Sixer fans are down on on the situation as we speak. I think Maury uh, kind of said that a couple weeks What's ago. What's he done, Mike, as GM in the league that makes you go, "Wow"? I'll tell you what, he turned the Rockets around. They, they listen. I, they took a. Sh- they had to take a shot. And and try to maximize his team around and beat. They took a shot with Harden. Now, it, it, he he bails on them, and uh, you know I I don't know where that's going to go. I, it may have to come full circle, and he may have to play on this team. Now, at that point, do you say will he play on the team? I always look at a professional guy. It's easy to tank it in Houston and wear a fat suit because you're going nowhere. But when you get and you go, okay, I this wasn't my first choice, but here I am back. I got to play for a contract. I'm still playing with a semi-good team. Do I play? And and a if, and if he plays, is that Harden going to be good enough? I don't think it is, but it's going to be better than hopeless. And at that point, they're going to clear some out. This may be a gap year, Sills, and the fans may have to get used to this being a gap year. But you know, the MB thing is going to go on. It has to go on. They have to try to maximize their era around Embiid right now. And if it doesn't work, we all we all go, well, that sucked. That process was horrible. But but there's no other choice for him at this point. Yeah, but Mike, I would say this to you: there's not a giant market like people are assuming for Embiid. This league's not a five guy anymore. There's no pivot guy. You don't build teams around. You build the now and the perimeter. And he has shown. He's not a two-minute guy with two minutes left in the game. I'm not throwing the pill down to him to win me a championship. I saw a guy in Miami, Mike, who took a G League team two years out of the last four years to the NBA Finals. They're G League guys on that team. Hero wasn't even active, and he put him in the finals. I think that's just especially of Eric Spolstra and the way they teach him and and the culture and, and the whole bit. Uh, there will be a market for Embiid. There's no question. But he's going to be here forever. The Sixers aren't going to bail on Joel Embiid. They're going to keep trying and trying and trying and trying. Now, I thought the move was that Damian Lillard would be the guy that replaces Harden. And it still might be up his sleeve. You never know how this is going to work out. But if they don't end up with Harden, they're not going to make a crap deal. Like Terrence Mann and Norman Powell isn't going to be enough to – to move hard in there. So 
Maury's going to just like he did with Simmons. Okay, we're, we're not going to win anything anyway if we get Norman Powell and Terrence Mann. So we might as well just wait this thing out. So you think Big Sills is crazy when I say hire Bob Myers, move and bead, and let's build a team yeah, like might, they got in. It might happen team. after this year. It's not going to happen now. You don't, you don't, you don't see that? No. Okay, finally, your Phillies. Um, are you buying or are you selling? Oh, I'm buying. I mean, my God, they're a playoff team. I, Philly fans crack me up because they get so crazy. Uh, like, they're they're going to make the playoffs. Like, you're not going to win a division. Atlanta's a better team. But once you get into that playoff series, as it was proved last year, anything can happen. I, there's panic going on with the Philly. They lost a game yesterday, and I get it why they lost. Um, I think the manager overmanaged. had a bad lineup in there. I think this rest is ridiculous. When you have, you have a day off coming, you bench three of your starters. You can't, you, you can't do that. But they're still like they have four decent starting pitchers, uh, and they and and Trey Turner, who's getting just pillared here, uh, is going to. I don't worry about guys like Trey Turner and Bryce Harper. Kimball's been great too. Yeah, they're like they're they all of a sudden forget how to play baseball. Turner didn't forget how to play baseball. It's been a tough transition for him. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're a playoff team, and and when you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. That's the way I look at the Phillies. Oh, absolutely. I tell people this. Do you know that the Marlins have never won a division title, but they have two World Series titles? <laughs> They've yeah. never won the National League East. Well, they got team last year. I mean, the Phillies are at the same pace they were last year. Everybody was down on the yeah. field last year. All of a sudden, they get in the playoffs. They turn into a different team. I mean, that, I, that could happen again. You know? <laughs> Mike, I see why you and him ran that market now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, I mean, I'm at least a little the Twitter, Twitter battles with all these Philly fans are freaking out after every game. They are, they've lost four in a row. What's that? Is that the first team that lost four in a row? It was a good team. <laughs> like, relax. <laughs> Absolutely. Mike, thank you so much, man. God bless you. And I really appreciate you doing this for me. All right. So, my pleasure, brother. Talk to you. You got it. That is the great Mike Missanelli. Love him so much, man. Great stuff he always brings to the table. Do me a favor hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Imaginations run wild, and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind, and get lost in the woods.
and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Oh, I got my all-rookie team. I got my all-rookie team. We'll do that at the top of the hour. How about Mike thinks that Jalen's going to take a step back? Damn, you even have the great Mike Missinelli saying, hey, hey, Tone. James, I know you like posting great stuff about your boy. Mike Missinelli thinks that Jalen's going to take a step back. Man. Oh, boy. How come I'm not, how come you look at me and you guys get mad at big cells? I'm, hey, I'm here to be a helper. With, <laughs> see, listen, Jalen's, you're, you're missing it. Jalen's numbers are going to take a dip. But his play's not. You're going to look at Hertz and look at his numbers, and they're not going to be quite what they were a year ago. And some of you are going to go like this. Wow, he had a step backwards. No. He played against better people, better coaches, better defenses. He played a first-place schedule. He played against elite quarterbacks. Guys, elite quarterbacks versus elite quarterbacks throw picks. It's usually the difference in games. Joe Burrow threw a pick late in the game against Kansas City. Cost him the game to move on to the AFC title game. Well, it's what happens when you play against great teams. Actually, it actually was in the AFC title game because Cincinnati got to the title game two years in a row now. So Jalen's numbers may, may, may not look like they did a year ago. Are you going to look at him and go like this? Well, they did still get to the NFC title game. 
they did win the division. Is it really all about wins and numbers to some of you on how you evaluate a player's success? If that's the case, Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback in the NFL the last 10 years. Last 10 years, he's the best quarterback. What's he got, nine 4,000-yard passing years? Not one of you would look at that and go, well, he's won won double-digit games numerous times. Even in Washington, he did it. Mike doesn't – hey, get this. So when I asked Mike if he's going to throw for 3,800 yards, he said under. Damn! I said if he throws for 25 touchdowns, he goes under. (laughs) Okay. He thinks he throws for more picks. Wow. Huh. Seals, the playoffs are where legacies are made. I tell you that all the time, Neil, and you're dead on. Nobody gives a shit about regular season statistics. They only care about when you're in the light, what do you do when it's shining on you? Do you? That's what Tone told. Hey, by the way, that's what Tone told me about your owner having one Super Bowl. Hey, dude, it's great that you're there. Congratulations for not robbing a bank. You're expected to be there. We have a fan base that expects that. Okay, he's right. So, like, when, when, when that is, by the way, that is for everyone. That is for everyone. See, and the reason why people look at Josh Allen in a higher light than they do Jalen Rightfully so. He's more talented. He could do more with less. And he does. In a better conference. But he also has to play and win. Okay? He also does. Because at the end of the day, you'll start calling him Jim Kelly. The second. Absolutely. He's not immune to that. Hey, just because Dan, hey, did Dan Marino over or under achieve? When he left the NFL, he had more passing touchdowns and more passing yards than anyone in NFL history. He had more attempts and more completions than anyone in NFL history. He had all these statistics. Did Dan Marino succeed or fail? Did he under or overachieve as a player? What do you think? He's a Hall of Famer. Did Dan Marino underachieve? Now, I'll ask you this question. I want Tone to answer this, too. Would you rather have a Hall of Fame ring or a Super Bowl ring? Tone says Super Bowl. So he'd rather be Trent Dilfer than Dan Marino.
Who would you rather be? Dan Marino or Trent Dilfer? One's a Hall of Famer, and the other guy has a Super Bowl ring as the quarterback of the Ravens. I'd rather be Nick Foles than Dan Marino. Wow. Really? Not me. Dan Marino is one of the 300 greatest players in the history of the sport. Nick Foles is the greatest substitute teacher in the history of the sport. Nick Foles is the greatest substitute teacher in the history of the sport. Well, you can make an argument. Jeff Hostedler, um, Earl Morrill, those guys all stepped in and helped win championships. So you'd rather be Nick Foles than, than Dan Marino. Interesting. Hmm. You win the Super Bowl, you did your job. So the 52nd guy on a roster gets a Super Bowl ring, did his job, and that guy is better than Bob Lilly. I'm okay with that. There's tables I could sit at that he can't. <laughs> and there's tables he can sit at that I can't. It's life. So you're saying not everybody gets the brass ring? Or no, basically what Tone says, sometimes you get the shell and sometimes you get the egg. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Sometimes you get the shells, sometimes you get the egg. Yeah. Right? <laughs> JM, d- stop doing that. My aunt watches this show. I'm not allowed to talk about my past. I've only had one love in my life, my wife. Can't have it all, baby. JM, no comment. I've been married. And I've never had sex with anybody other than my wife. (laughs) I'm trying to have dinner tonight. Oh, by the way, before I take a time out here, I'm in the process of buying a car for my kid. I I have to think that it's easier um, climbing Mount Everest than it is to go through this process. I mean, it's, it's, um, I've never had more people ask me more stupid questions in my life than trying to get, get this, a Mini Cooper. A Mini Cooper. I'm not asking for a Bentley. It's a Mini Cooper for my daughter for her senior year. It's her birthday this week too, by the way. It's a Mini Cooper. And they're asking me, like, where did you live 48 years ago? I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Holy cow. (laughs) Hall of Fame is about stats. So you don't want to be one of the 300 greatest players of all time. Right? Hey, that's a P toilet. I got a, I got like a 2004 Hummer. That's got 180,000 miles on it. Big Sills loves his canary yellow Hummer. You could see it from, you could see it from uh, Sputnik. (laughs) You could see this thing from outer space, dude. Umberto, appreciate it, man. (laughs) Hey, I appreciate everybody coming aboard. Power Hour. 
is coming up. By the way, I wrote down going into camp. 26 teams are reporting. We're going to reset everything. My top 10 coaches in the NFL. Also, my all-rookie team preseason. Power Hour coming up. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Power Hour. Another thing I'd rather be good with three Super Bowl rings than great with one than none. Hmm. It's an interesting take. So you wouldn't want to be. So if Reggie White hadn't won the Super Bowl with Green Bay, you'd rather be. Brandon Graham than Reggie White. Is that right, Tone? You'd rather be Brandon Graham 
than Reggie White. If Reggie hadn't won that Super Bowl in Green Bay, you'd rather be Brandy Graham? I don't know about that. <laughs> the expectations are different based on your position. I'm talking cool. <laughs> okay. All right. It's true. You can be considered one of the greatest defensive players in the history of the sport, not having won a ring and no one holds that really against you. But when you're a quarterback or coach and you don't have that Super Bowl ring, those two people in the NFL, it matters, doesn't it? Quarterbacks and coaches, because they're synonymous with one another. It's true. I, I don't I don't look at some of the greatest, like Dick Butkus. We look at Dick Butkus as the greatest or one of the top three middle linebackers in the history of the sport, and no one takes that away from him. And actually, if you think about it, people revere Butkus more than they did Nitsky. And Nitsky won five titles in nine years with Lombardi. But no one makes the, makes the conversation and goes like this, well, Nitsky's better. He's not. And for the record, Nitsky was a hell of a Hall of Famer himself. But Buckus, I don't think Buckus ever played in the postseason in his entire professional career. Can you imagine that? You drafted Gale Sayers and Dick Buckus in the same draft and you never made the postseason. Ever. So you had, in 1965, I think it was, they were both drafted in the same draft, Dick Buckus and Gale Sayers. And they never played in the postseason. <laughs> Two players that you could make an argument. Man, I'll tell you what. Gail Sayers was, he was Barry Sanders before Barry Sanders. And Buckus was Ray Lewis before Ray Lewis. And he was the most intimidating linebacker in the history of the sport. But to Tone's point, hey, we don't, we don't hold that level of excellence against him but if you're a quarterback or coach okay jim brown i think jim brown made a couple playoffs steve but i don't believe that he i believe they won that title i don't know if he was on that 64 title he may have been on that 64 title team the browns won a title i believe in 64 maybe 63 and I think that was either one of the first or second years that he was in Cleveland when he came out of Syracuse. So he may have been on that team. That 63 years. I, I think it was either 63 or 64 that the Browns won the NFL championship. And remember, the NFL Super Bowl didn't happen until the 66 season. So that was pre-Super Bowl era. Okay, he was. He was on the 64 team. Okay. So he was on that 64 NFL championship team. And if I'm not mistaken, he may have even played against um, uh, my relative, Robostelli, and it could have been the 64 team could have played against the Giants because it wasn't the Packers. Because the Packers, um, one of the great comments after the Eagles beat them in the title game in 60, Lombardi said that we'll never lose another game like this as far as I'm concerned ever. And they didn't. He went five and one after that. He never lost another championship game as a as a head coach in Green Bay. 
I mean, he goes, we will never lose a game like that ever again. And they never did. Five titles in nine years and the first two Super Bowls and back-to-back and three champion. He's the last team to do three championships in a row. So, God, I'm glad. 26 teams report to training camp today. 26 teams. So many expectations. Let me Let me throw a couple more NFL questions at you here. I got two. We'll reset. We'll reset the um, Eagle camp going into training camp here. Does Deshaun Watson rebound? They're saying all the right things. They're saying all the right things in Cleveland. God, he looks good. He's in a good place. He's in a good space. I don't know what that means. But he's in a good space. I think he does. I think he's a good player. Don't be shocked in the AFC if Cleveland elbows their way into the top five. It puts himself in a position to potentially contend for something good. They got a lot of talent. They got a running game. They got a good defense. They got pass rushers. They got corners. They got receivers. That's a good football team. They need Deshaun Watson to play well. Okay? They need him to play well. And if he plays well, I think Cleveland's going to be right there. Here's another NFL question going into camp. Seattle goes into camp today as well. Does Geno Smith repeat what he did in 2022? I don't see it. I don't believe it. He's never done it in his career. Why would I believe he's going to do it again? It's the greatest season he's ever had in his 12 years. Now, is it better coaching? I do believe that. Is it a better environment? I do believe that. Is it a better organization? I do believe that. All those things I think have led to Geno Smith having a better peace of mind. I think peace of mind is a big deal. Okay, I do. I don't think he's going to – I know a lot of – I know Tone is in that room with me too. I don't think he's going to – duplicate what he did a year ago, leading the NFL in completion percentage and throwing for all those touchdowns and yards. But I don't think he's going to fall off that much. I think Seattle, I'm going to get to the teams that I think keep an eye on, especially in the NFC. I don't think Geno, I don't think he's going to, how about this? I think he falls off, but I don't think he falls off a ton. And it would not shock me if they win the NFC West and shock people and win the West. Are they as good as San Francisco? No. But Dallas isn't as good as Philadelphia, but they could win it too. So, no, I don't. And I just mentioned this. Here are the teams in the NFC that I've circled going into camp that I think could give the Eagles some problems this year in the NFC. And I know you guys got them head and heels above everyone else. I don't. 
because repeating and playing against great te- here playing against great teams every week you're going to have to have max effort which leads to injury there will be significant injuries on the eagles this year will they be able to overcome the injuries that they didn't get a year ago it is coming this year you're just playing against better people okay you weren't playing against dominant teams last year you are now that'll be a there see back see last year and I know some of you may not agree with my take here, but you didn't have to play 60 minutes of football in probably 14 games a year ago. You didn't have to play 60 minutes. I think you're going to have to play 60 minutes in 14 games this year. You're going to have to have max effort. And playing like that each and every single week against better opponents, better coach people, Starting right out of the gate. Get this. Some of you think you're going to kill the Patriots. Okay. Still, that's not playing the Texans. They will be better coached. They will be better prepared. I'm not saying you're not better. I'm saying that's just the, that's a lesser team that you have to play probably 55 minutes of football against. And then when you play Buffalo and Kansas City, that's going to come down to the last drive. You were able to have your quarterback banged up, not play well in the playoffs and get through the play. Get this. I've never seen where a team could limp into the playoffs, win home field advantage. The guy not play well in the divisional game or the NFC title game. Because they're so far ahead of everyone else. Usually these, like in the AFC, dude, you lose Joe Burrow or you have Joe Burrow banged up going into the AFC title game. He ain't winning that game in the AFC. That's not happening. That's not happening. And and get this, the gauntlet of quarterbacks you got to play against. You got to play against Allen, Lawrence, Mahomes, Burrow, Jackson. You're not playing that gauntlet in the NFC. You're playing all overachieving quarterbacks. Shit, what first-round quarterback do you think you're going to play in the postseason this coming season if you're Philly? Who? Well, if you're thinking you're going to get home field, You're going to play against Purdy and maybe Dak. You ain't playing against first-round quarterbacks. You're playing against overachievers. The guy in Philly's not a first-rounder. Look, the Cowboys, they'll figure this thing out with Zach Martin. They got better. I think getting Stephon – hey, Stephon Gilmore and Diggs, are they – I think Stephon Gilmore and Diggs – I think they're compatible with Slay and Bradbury because I don't think I'm with Mike Missanelli. I think Slay's on the back nine. I don't think he's that hot. He has a high opinion of himself. I don't think he finished the year good. I think it was a mistake to bring him back. But hey, we'll see if I'm wrong on that one. That hey, that's a prediction. Slay will, Slay will have a year like Ramsey did a year ago. I think that's a good way to look at this hour here. 
Let me take a look at that because I got expectations over here that we wrote down in the first hour here. Okay. It's so interesting. The NFC is filled with second and third and fourth round overachievers at quarterback. The AFC has all the first round talent. It's crazy too to think that, but it, but it's a cycle. It, it goes like that in cycles sometimes. You know, back in the 80s, all the great teams were in the NFC. They weren't – can you imagine if that Eagle team had to play against the Broncos every year in the uh, AFC? They'd have been in the Super Bowl every year. A Bronco team, every time they got into the Super Bowl against either Washington, New York, whomever, right? The 49ers, they got killed. Dosa, Slay's not a top corner. Dude, you think that guy had a great Super Bowl? Do you think that guy really had a great second half of the season? Bradbury outplayed him. I do not think he's a top-flight corner. I think Ramsey's better. I think Dallas actually has just as good of corners. Dude, Slay's never had the career, Stephon Gilmore. They're pretty much the same age. You're not under the impression that you think Stephon Gilmore is a lesser player than Darius Slay. How could you think that? Shit, three years ago, that guy was the NFL player. That guy was the NFL defensive player of the year. Stephon Gilmore. Slay's never, never approached that. Hey, by the way, I'm comparing him against a guy who could be a pro football Hall of Famer. Stephon Gilmore might make the pro football Hall of Fame. Don't kid yourself. Defensive player of the year, all decade. You're crazy if you're <laughs> underestimating how good that guy is. Okay. Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen like Mike. I think he's around these numbers. I think he may dip below these numbers a little bit. But I think Jalen is going to win ball games. And I'm I don't watch this. You're gonna see maybe not the same kind of consistency that you saw. You're definitely not going to because there's better teams. And let's not forget something. You know, as much as you guys think your team is so above this, you did lose to the Redskins. Okay, you did. Pretty convincingly. But I I don't think Jalen is anybody to worry about. Actually, I think he's going to... Okay, I think Jalen Hurts is going to continue to improve, even though his numbers may not, against really good quality players. No one's going to look lesser at Jalen if he has lesser numbers. Dude, you play against Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and you're playing against Aaron Rodgers and you're playing against some of these guys, I don't you don't you don't look down on that. AJ, do I think he has lesser year? No. Better not. Devontae, no, I could think he could team. How about this? This Jamison Williams guy that's in Detroit. So did you hear? I know that he's suspended because of gambling. 
but he's hurt already again. You know, he can go to training camp and he kind of got pulled out of practice. I'll tell you something about him. Maybe that's the guy that I got confused with Devante because every time I see that guy, that guy's like paper mache. He's either hurt, there's a hamstring, something else. He gets banged up a lot. I don't know. I don't know if that guy's going to be able to get, maybe he's the guy. You go like this. I don't know if that guy's going to get through an NFL season. Because when I see him, I go like this. Man, okay, so the gambling's going to hold him back. Last year, he couldn't play because of the injury he had when he was at Bama. Kid, you got to get on the field eventually, don't you? Talent can only carry you so far. Same thing with Judy as well. Waddle, Smith, we're all true studs at Bama. Dude, the most overrated word used in professional sports is potential. Potential means you haven't done it. So, well, he's got great potential. Okay, so nobody goes like this. Patrick Mahomes has great potential. Potential is a a word you give to the people who haven't proven it. I don't like the word potential. And the only time you get to use the word potential is your first year. After that, you can't keep saying the guy has potential. Like you guys like to do with Penny. After five years, all we keep saying about Penny is potential. Aren't you tired of it? How many years are you going to use the word potential for a five-year veteran? Becomes kind of obnoxious after a while. Well, this guy's got great potential, Sills. Six yards of carry. Five years you've been using that. How about a great NFL player? Anytime I hear the word potential on a veteran, that means he's had an underachieving career. Is this true? Um, Tone? Wealthy saying that John Lynch said that he does not expect Nick Boza to be with the team as training camp opens due to the ongoing contract negotiations. Boza will not be at practice. And I'll tell you something about Boza, the father. Um, John Boza did the same thing to Joey Boza when Joey was negotiating with the Chargers. They held him out of the first four games. Okay, so Nick Boza. Okay. Michael Michael goes like this. Big Sills, your show has potential. I know, man. Hey, Michael, after 35 years of broadcasting, maybe one day I'll get there. <laughs> somebody, somebody told me that years ago, Michael. Hey, Sills, you know, your show sucks so bad. I go, I know. For the last 25 years, this thing has sucked. I, I, uh, I know, man. 
my show after 35 years has potential. Hey. So so look at boy, if you're Philadelphia, oh my God. No holdouts, no problems, no nothing. Holy shit. Is this lining up for Philly to get back to the NFC title game? Holy shit. Dallas has issues. Good. And I wrote these teams down. So look at this. I mean, this is just today going to camp. So I said, I got the 49ers here. So now you got a quarterback. Here's what you got. And Niner. Here's what you got. You don't know who the quarterback is. Nick Bosa now is not in camp. I believe that's a fine of $50,000 too, like Chris Jones. So you got the Niners with noise. Seahawks, any noise in Seattle? Keep an eye on Seattle. Any noise in Detroit? Yeah, that Gardner Johnson guy. Can't keep his mouth shut. That guy can't keep his mouth shut. And and plus there's a there's a lot of hype on that team. A lot of noise. That's a noisy team. Minnesota, cut Dalvin Cook. Dude, where are you getting 5,000 yards in the last four years to run the ball and all those touchdowns and five yards of carry? Where are you getting that? That's noise to me. The Saints. Hey, is Alvin Kamara in prison or is he not? Or is he playing? Does anyone have an update for me? I can't get anyone to tell me what's going on. Is Alvin is Alvin Kamara in the pokey? Is he in the pokey? Or is 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 he playing? Is he in camp? What's going on with him? I mean, Bose is getting traded, hopefully, before camp. What if they trade him to the Cowboys? <laughs> trade him to the Cowboys. Or trade Boza to the Patriots. Can you see them trading Nick Boza to the Patriots or the Cowboys? Where would be a good landing spot for Nick Boza? You got to remember, you got to be able to give up assets. Let's see. Where would you trade Nick Bosa? 49ers, I'm not trading him to Dallas. I'm not trading him to anybody in the NFC. So that's out. Philly, we're not. Jacksonville? Wow. Have Bosa in the NFC chasing around all those. How about Baltimore? Trading him to Baltimore. Wow. Bose is not going to show up because he wants $30 million. I thought he had another year on his deal. The Texans, would the 49ers do that? They have a lot. Do they? Arizona? No. They can't trade him in the division. Arizona's got a lot of draft choices next year. Ton. 
but they would never trade him to Arizona. I don't think. Would you tra- would you trade Nick Boza to Arizona for Kyler Murray? Would you put Boza and Trey Lance in a package? For Kyler Murray. JM, Cardinals have a ton of compensation picks. Murray can't play right now. I get it. He's entering the final year of his rookie deal. Wow. Wow. What a. How do you let that go on knowing that he's not going? He's due 17.8. Oh, he wants, but and, and and he get this, he wants a thirteen million dollar raise. You try not to trade him in the NFC. Where would you put Boza? Oh my God, I got it. Would you trade Boza to Kansas City in exchange for Chris Jones? How about sending him to Kansas City? I think Bose is better than Chris Jones. And you send Jones, no, because they got two D tackles up there, Armstead and Javon Hardgrave. So that doesn't make sense. They both want huge contracts, though. And I don't see San Francisco playing. That's right. That's right, Tone. And and Arm. No, you're right. You're not going to do that. The Bengals aren't going to do it. They got to pay Burrow. Would you trade Nick Boza to the Chargers so that he could play next to his brother or on the other side of his brother? Would you trade him to what? No, you wouldn't trade him to Washington because he's in the NFC. I see the here. Here's the teams. Would you send Boza to the Jets? And you got Quentin Williams, Sauce Gardner, and that other kid at corner, and Nick Boza on your defense. Shit, the Jets would be Pittsburgh on the other side of TJ. The Jets gave up King's ransom for Rodgers. Sure did. How about Carolina? Trading him back to get the picks that the 49ers sent to Carolina for McCaffrey. You get your pits, you get your picks back. And you have him and Burns on both sides. And you're in a lesser division, the NFC South. To me, Carolina makes sense. Because Carolina got the King's ransom for Christian McCaffrey. Mm, they did lose picks trading up for Bryce Young. That's correct because the Bears had the number one pick. 
That's right. Trade him to Chicago? Chicago's got a shitload of money. They got a shitload of money, man, and a ton of cap space. That would make Chicago interesting. That would make Chicago pretty interesting if you put Boza up there. Okay? In Chicago. That makes them a little interesting. Boza in Chicago on that side of the ball, they got a ton of money. The Titans? Wow. Him and the kid Simmons? Wow. That'd be crazy. Would he make sense in Philly? Why would the 49ers now? Who could you send? Jordan Davis? You send Jordan Davis? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Tone. You send Jordan Davis. You send Jordan Davis a first rounder and a third to San Fran for Boza. And you got Boza and Josh Sweat, Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams in a rotation. And that would be your defensive front. You got Reddick and Boza on both sides. You think they would want Hassan Reddick? I'd give Hassan Reddick up for Boza. You want Reddick? Sure. Boza, 25 years old, defensive player of the year. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll take the I'll, I'll take the 25-year-old guy who's defensive player of the year. I'll, if you you want well, if I'm going to give Reddick up, you better give me somebody that's just as much of a havoc wreaker. So I think that makes sense, and he's younger, and he's the reigning defensive player of the year. But would the Eagles pay thirty million? Eh. <laughs> that uh, that I do not believe. <laughs> so you could take that out of the bank. They're not spending that on a defensive end. No way. Would they? No way. What's the most money they've ever spent on a defensive player? <clears throat> What's the most money they've ever... Those corners have to be the corners in the uh, Reddick, right? They've, they refuse to pay... They wouldn't pay $20 million for Hardgrave. Well, I, I get that. There's no way the Eagles would spend $30 million on a four-year contract for a guy like Nick Boza, even though he is a great, would be a great addition and somebody that you could have in your defense for the next decade. They're not doing that. I could see the Cowboys doing that. Trading one, trade. hey, I don't think they'd trade Parsons, but they might trade the other guy. But San Francisco's not going to deal with Dallas. Now, they did send Charles Haley there. They did send Charles Haley to Dallas. You know, Dion did go to Dallas. Now, he was a free agent. Okay? Trey Jalen Hurts. Nah. Quarterback position's too more 
too valuable. There's not a defensive player in the draft. There's not a defensive player in the league that I'm trading for a quarterback. That's a guy who's one of the frontline guys. Not a guy. Like here. I mean, you'd have a tough time for me getting rid of Justin Fields for a defensive player. He'd have to be Nick Bosa. Nick's not going to trade a guy. Well, here's my defensive end. I drafted him in the third round. He's a really good player. We'd like to have your quarterback. That's not going to happen. Jerry's desperate. Man, Dan Quinn. But the 49ers are not going to deal with the Cowboys, especially when the 49ers believe they're this close. Why would you put why would you push Dallas closer to Philly with that move? If you're San Francisco, you're trying to you're trying to get closer. Personally, do they sign him? See, what, what, what kills me and what John Lynch and the Yorks know, they have to know that you're not paying a quarterback. You can pay this guy. You should pay him the 30. If that's me, I pay Nick Bowes the 30 million. My quarterbacks are making no money. I have a guy who went to the NFC title game last year that made $937,000. Why would I pay? I, I, I can afford it right now. I'll tell you what, that defense, man, has a lot of money on it. $20 million in a D-tackle position, another twenty at Fred Warner. Now you're going to pay thirty at end? Wow, that's a lot of money, man, on that side of the ball. The biggest contract the Eagles ever gave to a defensive end was Trent Cole, four years, 48.5, but he only saw $21 million of it. Brandon Graham technically earned – the most money on a contract earning four years, 26.78 million. And that's back when the salaries obviously were a lot lower than where they are. But if you look at the percentage and especially those contracts tone in the time when they signed them, they were well above market value. So true. That Trent Cole deal, Trent Cole hasn't been on the Eagles in what? 15 years, 15 years ago. That's probably a really good deal. That's probably a really good deal for a defender, especially an edge guy. Okay. If, if I'm if I'm San Francisco, you, you 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 I I think you you have to sign him until you figure your quarterback out. Now, is there something you can do? Is there a player out there that can help your quarterback position if you trade Nick Bosa? Zippers on wallets in the NFL. Who would be willing to take him on? Would you trade Trevor Lawrence for Nick Bosa? Probably not. Would you trade Justin Fields for Nick Bosa? If you're Chicago... Would you would you entertain Boza for Justin Fields? Defensive player of the year? Guy you're not sure on? They need a quarterback. They need a quarterback. Would you trade him for Mac Jones? No. 
And that Allen's off the table. Burrow's off the table. Not even going to talk about the guy in Kansas City. They need a quarterback. And I think they can. They need a quarterback to help them win games. Kyler Murray makes sense to me, but I don't believe they would do that in the division. Would you trade Nick Boza to the Saints for Derek Carr in draft picks? You gave me two you gave me a first and a third and Derek Carr for Boza. Would you do it? Scott goes Dak. Cooper Rush won games. If you're the Cowboys, would you send Dak Prescott to San Francisco for Nick Boza? Knowing full well he's underachieved in Dallas and he's scheduled to make 49.5 million bucks this year. Would you do that if you're Dallas? And then you would have Parsons, the other dude, you'd have to send that end to Marcus Lawrence, right? You'd have to send him and Dak for Boza. Or, yeah. But then I think San Francisco would have to send something back because Lawrence and Dak for Boza sounds like Dallas has given too much up. Dallas would have to get a first rounder or you'd have to give him Kittle. Would you, well, man. Chargers are not giving up. Boza for Russell Wilson. No way. Sean Payton took that job because of Wilson. Would, would Sean Payton do that and then go into a rebuild instead of an unknown? If you're Payton, would you rather go into a rebuild and you get Boza in there? <clears throat> Interesting. Chuck goes, if Boza gets hurt, none of this matters. Boza being hurt doesn't matter because it's not what he is. He's not hurt. So you're making – we're talking here, and at least I'm talking about a guy who's not injured. You're talking about a guy maybe he gets hurt. He's not hurt. <clears throat> Niner. Do you, do you send Boza for a quarterback? Do you – would you want Dak? How about you do this? You send Boza to the nah, they would never trade with the Rams. That's their that's their rival. Holy cow, that's a good one. Kyle, would you trade Nick Boza to Detroit for Jared Golf and draft choices? And maybe Aiden Hutchinson. 
give me Aiden Hutchinson and golf, and I'll send you Boza in a second and a third. Would you do that? Who who did they didn't they draft a quarterback too? The kid from Tennessee, right? All right, I got to take a timeout. I'm going to do a little more reading here. I can't believe that man. He's a, he wants thirty million, and Aaron Donald sets the table because he makes thirty million. Yeah, Hendon Hooker's up there. That's right. I like that kid from Tennessee. I think he's injured, though. I think he's coming off an injury, though, right? An ACL injury? All right. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. 
Celsius. Look at the noise. Look at the noise, dude. The, dude, the Eagles. Hey, you know why you're going to win a lot of games this year? I would say this. Compare this offseason to the last year offseason. Was it better or worse? Do you think what the Eagles did this offseason was more impressive than what they did last year? They acquired a lot of talent, a lot of unknown talent. But you know what they did this year that was different? They they kept the momentum going. You know, they kept the momentum going. And this is coming off a loss of a Super Bowl. It's, it's funny. You feel more optimistic coming off that Super Bowl lost and probably more optimistic than when you won that 17th Super Bowl. It's just like the, the thing's in a great place. Now, again, there's been a ton of winning the last two years. I mean, what is it? Right? They went 14 games last year. <clears throat> 23 and 11. So you've won 23 of 34 ball games. And since that two and five start, I mean, your number's insane. Since the two and five start, there's been a shitload of winning since two and five. And there's not been a lot of rocky moments. As a matter of fact, there's been none. You know, the two most disappointing times that we saw last year was Washington and the Super Bowl. And, and Jalen probably being injured, right? Cowboys signed Diggs five years, $97 million. Again, James, they gave him a $21 million signing bonus. That's the deal. $21 million signing bonus. It's not $97 million. That's just for cap reasons and helping the cap out because they could defer that money out. $97 million is phony. 21 of it is guaranteed. The rest of it, maybes, ifs. Let's see if he performs. It's not real money. You have to dig for it. And most of those contracts, those players don't don't fulfill. You don't really believe that that kid Diggs is going to be on the Cowboys in five years, do you? I don't. Not at the money where the cap, especially with the cap escalators that he has in his contract. That's not going to work like that. By the way, Seth Joyner is going to join us tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Seth will join us tomorrow. First day of training camp, really, when it comes to practice, will be tomorrow. So Seth will uh, Seth will be with us tomorrow. And I agree, Scott. I think Diggs gambles too much. I think the, actually, I think Gilmore on the other side is a better player. I I, th- I think Diggs is more of a. I think he's a high risk player. Okay, I think he's a high risk player. Cowboys win their Super Bowl. He'll get that money. No one is trading for Boza. The 49ers will cave. 
It's not caving football. They have the money. They're not paying a quarterback. And, nor are they doing it the way Philly's doing it. So Philadelphia has done it perfectly because the owner has a set of nuggets on him. Okay? Hey, here's the money up front, not behind me. You see, look what the Cowboys did to Diggs. The Cowboys gave him a standard-ass normal deal. Look at what the Eagles even did for Darius Slay. They gave him a ton of money up front. They restructured the contract, lowered the base, and the player was okay with it. Why? Because they gave him the money up front. And he knows he's on a one-year deal. He's not on a three-year deal or whatever it is. Darius Slay's not on. Darius Slay, this is his last season in Philly. He's not going to be here next year. Not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> no pass rush like you guys in the Super Bowl. Niner, look at Niner taking shots at Brandon Graham. If the fuel was better. <laughs> See, man, he didn't. That's not how I took that. That's not how I took that. I didn't take it that way. Okay. JM says that's the only guess nobody would mock. Yeah, because Seth will come find your ass. Or if you show up at a big sales event this coming fall, he might kick your ass. <laughs> hey, Jerome, you so always say, Seth was the only guy in the room when they told jokes that didn't laugh. Even if it was funny, what does it mean? What are you saying? Is that about me? No. <laughs> you know the guy I'm talking about, right? The guy you make a joke on and he goes like this, because, hey, I know a lot of Italian guys who, like, you know, down in Soho, those guys, you make a joke, they do this. Hey, man, is that about me? No, it's not about you. It's a joke. <laughs> what? Are you goofing on me? Are you making fun of me? <sighs> Some people just don't have a sense of humor. It's just a funny guy. <laughs> hey, Doza, we used to come a clown. Joe Pesci, what kind of funny am I? <laughs> Tell me how I'm funny. What kind of funny am I? I'm going to use that. What kind of funny am I? Funny? Like a clown? I amuse you? Tell me, how funny do I make? What's so funny about me? Anyway, first day of camp. We're here. Unbelievable. The Eagles move like a... <laughs> ah. Thank you, Weapon. Anybody who moves like a paisan. Like I told you before, Jerome used to say this all the time. Silio, you're not a white guy. White guys don't run that fast. <laughs> hey, I appreciate everybody. Big Joe, thank you, man. Xander, thank you. Tone, you are killing it. Thank you so much. All of you, please hit the like button. Don't forget, tomorrow, Seth Joyner will join us. If you want to look on my Twitter page, I'll find out what time that is and which hour he's going to join us so you can join us then. We totally appreciate it. Thank you again. Three to six tomorrow. We shall see you on the flip side.